You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and returning to the show is Finger Guns. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going tonight? Uh, it's going well. It's a podcasting Good. day for me. I'm excited for some some hot takes. Nice. Uh, Let's get spicy. I'm- <laughs> I guess I don't know how I was trying to figure out what to call this show and it's like I was like oh we could call it like hot shots because finger guns is going to be on so it's you oh, know, okay. shots um just like meta breakdown I don't know I haven't decided yet yeah you're doing yeah. it wrong <laughs> <laughs> the, the you're the you're doing it wrong episode uh yeah that's kind of <laughs> uh, not not an inaccurate description of what we're going to do here <laughs> um but anyway, so listeners, what uh, what Finger Guns and I are going to do is we're going to kind of run through some characters and affiliations and some crisis cards that we either think should probably be played more or should be played less. Probably not going to hit too much on the stuff that's probably being played just the right amount um, that's like competitive and people are exploring it and kind of to the right degree and that kind of stuff i think we'll just leave where it is and then there's some stuff that's just not super great and there's not a not a ton of reason to nobody needs to go out of their way to figure out why viper is just fine (laughs) (laughs) so does this mean we're talking about voodoo tonight or we're not talking about voodoo tonight oh we're gonna we're (laughs) definitely gonna talk about them um but let's start off with black cat um I will lead the way on this one and say I actually think Black Cat's being a little overplayed, not necessarily a ton. She's obviously a very strong character, probably needs a nerf to uh, her steel. Um, but I think it's a character that's getting um, slotted in a little bit more than it needs to be. Like, I've really been seeing her, like, pop up in these uh, Midnight Suns rosters And then seeing them kind of like fizzle out when they put in Black Cat and they're just like, they're not getting enough attrition work done. Um, And I think just because she's a strong character doesn't necessarily mean she's necessary in every roster. Um, So, yeah, I'm leaning towards she's a little overplayed at the moment. What are your thoughts? I think that if you're playing her, you have to build around having her do what she's best at in your roster. So overplayed? Yeah, I think she's overplayed too. Uh, I at least want to see less of her, but uh, I think that she really exhausts. <laughs> that is not my strategy here. I am not like, uh, you know, stop playing Black Cat. Um, but I agree I agree with your core sentiment. I do think she needs to really, like, work into how you're going to be selecting your tactics cards. Um, and, you know, maybe if it's something where you can't squeeze in Voodoo, but you feel like you need something, then yes, it's still something to go in. And I'm not saying everyone should drop her from their list. I forget what the exact number that she's being played. Uh, I could double check it. But I was just like, I think she's one that maybe is just slightly overhyped. And I think there's some rosters where she's really good. And then some rosters where there's probably better choices because 10 slots, there's a lot of great characters. Ten slots, a lot of great characters. I think that like she has a great home in places where she's getting bonus power uh, or getting a discount, like under Steve, Steve Avengers. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to just say overplayed and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need to take take a ton of time on uh, on these particular ones. Um, just wanted to check and see what her number was, just real quick. Like in the TTS league, she's in like 41% on average. Um, and in my opinion, she's probably more of like a one third, like a 33%. So I think she's just a little overplayed. 
I think it's um, interesting that she jumps up to like 50% in the, 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 the 3-0 roster breakdown that Xavier Protocols put out a couple of weeks back now. Like that, that's interesting because here we're saying, you know, maybe player less or player less in some affiliations. And she's actually even more overrepresented in rosters that are have done well to this point in the league. So Well, there's a fair amount of Web Warriors doing pretty well. And yeah. uh, I think... I think there are definitely some teams that are doing well with her. Um, so don't take this as drop her from your rosters. But I'm sure people are sick of Black Cat discussion. But we figure we should get these two main ones out of the way first. Uh, let's talk about Voodoo. Do you think Voodoo is being overplayed or underplayed? Underplayed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what do you think is about the right amount of Voodoo to get played? I don't know. Like, if you're not bringing Voodoo right now, I think that you're making a principled decision not to bring Voodoo. Uh, is there a better four for your roster? Uh, I doubt it. Maybe maybe you can get some good mileage out of some of the other, you know, top-end fours, like a Vision, or uh, I still have a soft spot for Medusa. But uh, I still don't think that they're bringing the complete package that Voodoo is. We're playing an objective scoring game. And uh, he he's literally objective scoring on a card. I I concur. I actually I'm to the point now that I'm in this current meta. I think Voodoo should be at 100 percent of competitive rosters. I really I've tried to like math my way through situations to try to find a roster that I thought should not have Voodoo. And like I guess you could make the argument for Sploosh's Criminal Syndicate roster. Um, but fundamentally, um, uh, it doesn't, I believe Jacobs has voodoo and I just, I like the versions with voodoo better. When I was trying to jam, excuse me, jam syndicate down my local's throat, uh, to get them ready for some tournaments we were going to, I definitely was running voodoo in those rosters. Uh, I think that he just has a place everywhere whether you're trying to, to run a, a longer attrition game or you're trying to, to score out as fast as possible. Like nobody's going to do that better than Voodoo on your team. So now with that said, I don't think Voodoo is an every game character. Um, and I think based on what your crisis cards are and what your opponent's crisis cards are, I think that like, I'd say I'm probably only playing him in roughly 50% of my games, sometimes less. Um, We'll talk about it a bit more in the crisis selection part, which may be in the bonus episode. But for example, I've been playing a lot of X-Men and I don't usually play Voodoo when I win priority and I'm on like say spider portals or mutant madmen. Yeah. I don't work voodoo in there. And I've seen my opponents get trapped into playing voodoo in those matchups and run into some problems because they're not getting enough out of that character. And that's like, sure. Occasionally he can like get off a possession, but he's struggling to interact. He's failing interact roles. He doesn't like spending his power on it. Then he's not attacking and generating power. And it's like, it's this weird spot where he felt fine in those games, but he definitely wasn't amazing in the way that, everybody knows he is. So a uh, part of it is, is, is selection of what you're dropping into your opponent. I agree. I, I don't think he has like an Achilles heel. Like nobody, nobody in the meta has got voodoo's number per se, but uh, I've had some really good miles out of rocket and recently honey badger going into voodoo. 
uh, Honey Badger, Nebula, and Rocket are all in my TTS roster, and I've had a, a hoot of a time just sending those three a flimsy hoot of a time. I like it. <laughs> flimsy little characters into Doctor Voodoo <laughs> and just see what he does. Uh, so Black Cat, in my opinion, is someone that you don't really want to power up. You don't want to turn her on. Uh, Voodoo's going to turn himself on a lot faster than Black Cat can. So my voodoo approach tends to be just get aggressive with him and uh, try to get him off the table. I do think like while there's no there's no individual character that has voodoo's number, I do think that depending on how you do your roster, you can have characters that that nullify him a little bit. And like I have actually found I liked putting Domino on the same side of the table as voodoo. Hmm. Um, and I'll say it right now. I think Domino should be played more. I'm really getting sold on her. And I know that's not new, but I, I really didn't like the model initially and I didn't like my paint job for it. So I was really not want, I was just not hyped to play her. Sure. Um, and I accidentally stepped on her and then got another <laughs> one and I've enjoyed the, I, I actually used Toad's wall instead of the explosion. Um, oh, nice. anyway, I'm enjoying Domino more and actually putting her on the table and I'm finding lots of interesting tech. So Obviously, I've been playing X-Men, and Voodoo attacking at range three against her often means that she has cover. And then his crits don't explode, and she can spend power to make the skulls into crits. And Mm -hmm. with cover, like, there's actually a pretty reasonable chance that Voodoo does no damage. She's an amazing piece. She has that same kind of synergy going up against Corvus. She's one of the hardest models for him to take off the board because of that same interaction with the... Yeah. Now, additionally, I found that she can shut down his power generation. Um, one, because he's not generating as much power, um, because he's not dealing very much damage. Like mm-hmm. maybe he gets a point through. But what I've been doing is every time that he goes in and he rolls a wild, I just spend down to zero power on her. <laughs> I'm like, I will count the next three skulls as crits. And now you get no sap. Right. You're going to get, I was anyway, going to lose the so. power anyway. Um, and so all of a sudden, like his sap power is just off the table. Like the first time my opponent rolled three wilds and got no power out of it. He was very sad. I like this. That's, that's some tech right there. Yeah. Cause you can pre spent, like you don't have to have skulls for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's one of the few characters that can do it. So she's already like naturally a solid character against him. And, um, because of like just her like overall solid defenses and she can kind of nullify the, the wilds and she shoots at range three. Like, so she could easily just kill voodoo if he ends in range of her. Oh yeah. She um, has, her spikes are insane. Once she starts yeah, popping so, off. Yeah. So I've just like, I I've really liked Domino and I think she's just one piece. I'm not saying like Domino counters voodoo or anything. Um, she still obviously does not like getting possessed, but it's also like if she gets possessed, it's like saying voodoo's like, Hey, Domino, kill me please <laughs> um and so anyway it's just one one piece of a puzzle like depending on what all characters you're selecting we're going to go through and i'm going to actually mention a few other characters that i think have uh have some pretty strong potential of um mitigating voodoo as we go through this um do you want to say anything else about domino i kind of jumped into her early do you think she's a character that should be played more I think she is a character that should be played more. I think X-Men are an affiliation that should be played more right now. I, I think that they're they're starting to come into their own. And if that's if you've been waiting for X-Men to be good to jump in on them, like you should probably start getting those reps in now. Because they are rewarding the more you play them. 
They're We're going to have to dig into that yet. more because this yeah. X-Men's on my list to talk about during this episode. Um, and I've already, I, like I said, I have fully caught whatever it was that Danger Room had in 2021. I am on an X-Men bandwagon. Um, but yeah, I, I, but I think Domino can be played out of affiliation too. Um, I think uh, Merzane was preaching Domino to me. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was Merzane who was like, Domino was like my rock star in Sam Avengers. But at the time, I just was not hyped to play her. And uh, now I'm coming back around and being like, maybe Domino does go in my Avengers team. <laughs> I I think she's great. I, I think yeah. you, I, I run her wherever I need, whenever I can find somebody that I want to be a, a range three turret. I've got room for that in my roster. Domino's the one I reach for. Yeah, I just, like, she's just, she's filled a lot of roles for me. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking her overall. Um, okay, so let's, let's touch on a couple other, um, super big popular characters. Um, let's just talk about Proxima Corvus as a combination. Do you think played more or played less? (sighs) It's another one, you know, I don't. I think that Proxima and Corvus uh, are really good, but they they only have one one mode, and I think that they should probably be played a little bit less. I am on the same boat as you are for that one, um, and I it I can see like say for example like you come back to Sploosh's roster again, it's like Criminal mm-hmm. Syndicate plus Corvus and Proxima, and he's undefeated. So like Mad Props to Sploosh, he's obviously doing something right. Um, but just to use it as an example, I'm worried that maybe at some point he's going to get caught in the crossfire of anti-Black Order tech. That's a good possibility. I think that Corvus shines under Thanos, but outside of the Thanos leadership and the the extra dice, bonus, the bonus dice from Thanos, that he is uh, a kind of difficult character to, to manage on the table. And uh, his output is nowhere near the same level that you get from him out of black order. And I think that's the, the biggest one for Corvus for me. Well, I think uh, I'm having a hard time deciding whether I agree with that statement. I mean, I see your logic. I think she, I think he still does really good things in other rosters. Like I've even considered him and like cool shenanigans that you can do with Corvus and Proxima in X-Men. But mm-hmm. I just think the overall value, there's some other characters that I just think are potentially better in the meta based on what other people are taking. And I think there's a lot of black order counterattack coming in. And I think the other affiliations who are going to run Corvus and Proxima and do cool things with them may get caught in that crossfire where people are going to be very prepared for Corvus and Proxima. And you, they probably would have been better off picking like some other fives. Cause there's, there's a lot of great fives. Yeah. And, and, and the pair together is eight. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's two solid four threats that you're leaving behind. Yeah. As that's well. voodoo and black Panther. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Venom and Omega red. Wait, <laughs> dude, I finally got a game in with Omega red and he did one damage over the course of seven attacks. <laughs> oh man. He's so dicey. All the uh, dice dice going to dice. Uh, yeah. Venom's got well, the same was- problem. The turn he was really going to shine, like I had Dark Rain on, and I'm like, all right, I am def like Omega Red is definitely going to take out this character. And then it was like Dark Rain, and then Red Skull just like one shot the character with a strike. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Red Skull's dice just blew up, and then Omega Red had no one to attack. And so he never got to benefit from the Dark Rain turn, and I was like... (laughs) 
<laughs> such a weird. And then right when it's like he could have won me the game, but he actually I hail Hydra to Omega Red, and I needed him to take one more damage. If he had taken one more damage, sure. then he gets two uh, web snares. I forget what his version is called, but he would have gotten off two web snares and pulled two people off two different points. Yeah, and then I would have won the game. But he only had three power. Yep, <laughs> the best laid plans. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, anyway, I. I would like to experiment with him some more, um, but I'm not in a position of saying Omega Red should be played more or less yet. Maybe he's at the right amount. I don't know. No, I think if your choice is between Omega Red and Voodoo, that's pretty clear. Who, who yeah. and there's, on the roster. Dude, there's a lot of great fours right now. Um, right. Well, let's talk about Thanos a bit. Um, I will take oh, lead and say, I actually, um, this is going to be a total shout out to Strike Better. I think Morgan hit this on the head with... Thanos is one of the best counters to Black Order. And if you're worried about Black Order, the literally the easiest way to have a plan for Black Order is just to play whatever the affiliation is that you're playing and then bring in Thanos. And just make sure that you get to play one more activation than Black Order, which is not difficult. And then mm-hmm. Thanos activates at the end and just screws up all of the Black Order positioning. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a huge fan of a splash Thanos for a very long time. And it's incredibly easy since the rules changed to, to just throw him in. And yeah. uh, I, I think that that mind space Thanos build is uh, a battlefield rearranger that can completely yeah. change the game with the last activation and around. And I mean, I think you could still just do him mindstone, right? Like if you want to make it a little bit easier on your math, I still think, one cosmic portal and one mind stone as the last activation against um, Brotherhood or against um, Black Order is still huge. Yeah, it is. It is the the space stone or or even the power stone if you want to go that direction. Uh, lets you undo some of what Thanos has done to your team as well, though. Yes, so that's that's where I think the benefit for that comes is when you can you know get undo that range two teleport. And, uh, you know, undo the Mind Stone on somebody else. Like, you can you can use your Thanos to unwind what they've done and uh, hopefully get yourself into safer position as well as disrupting. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it gives you a third move of some kind, whereas mm-hmm. the, the Mind Stone can only be on your opponent. The Cosmic Portal can be on either, but then the, the Space Stone can only be used on your guys. But, like, I think there's a value both ways. Um, and I just think whichever direction, I think there's, you know, three very viable builds for Thanos. Um, and I, I just think you, I think there is a fair amount that maybe Thanos should be like the second most played character behind Voodoo, where a lot of rosters are like, oh, don't have a good Black Order plan. Let's just slot in Thanos in the 10th slot. And then, yeah, then you, you've got it, you've got it out. And it's the easiest way. And I, I am looking at a lot of rosters and going, I'm worried that you're going to have some problems with black order. And um, yeah, I think Morgan nailed it. I've, I thought way back in the beginning, I honestly thought that Thanos was going to kind of redefine the game a bit and where it was going to, I think I made a prediction that we would look at affiliations. Like here is how this affiliation works. And then this is how that affiliation works with Thanos. (laughs) And maybe that was a bit extreme at the time, especially considering the gem rules. Um, But I think we might now be finally moving towards that. Um, And I couldn't believe how right Morgan sounded as soon as he said it on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, why, why aren't more people taking Thanos? Um, He's big. He's always, 
he's always seemed like a really good pick, but I've always been like, ah, oh, man, if I, you know, it's like, oh, I could run like two fours in his spot or like a four and a three. And, um, and that's really good too, but, oh man. Yeah. There's one activation being able to do as much as he does with a single activation is. Yeah. Is that's really the key wild. against black order. That one activation getting two to three repositions. Mm-hmm. Just nobody else does that. My boy. So. Thanos, Thanos on the up and up. I think he'll get nerfed at some point. So abuse the crap out of him now <laughs> is, I guess, the the moral. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on team nerf Thanos. I understand that, like, maybe he's a problem and maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but he's been one of my go-to characters since I started playing this game. And uh, the the MCU Thanos, the, the hero of his own story, Thanos, is, uh, is really a, a character I enjoy. Uh, the headspace of so i'll be real sad if if he gets you know too terribly nerfed i do think that he should get nerfed he's actually if i could pick one character to get adjusted <laughs> it would be thanos i was but, surprised he he wasn't when yeah. when the the balance pass came through um my prediction is is that there is intention to nerf him but they were going to change the leadership and how it interacted with grunts and they didn't want to spoil that grunts were coming and I think they have the intention of doing another round of card edits before they finish the card pack. And so I think, like, obviously, if you're going to do any edits, you do it before you release a card pack that redoes all the cards. That's fair. And so there might yeah. just be, like, one more errata coming at some point right before the the, the official card pack comes out. Um, and... I can see that. I can see a, a rule book change to uh, Power on Gems. Um, yeah, I don't know what there's the problem is I don't have any easy fix for Thanos. It's not like any of the other characters. You're like, Oh, just tweak this little thing. Like I'm almost concerned that Thanos needs to be just kind of like readjusted, like a, like a larger, like maybe does he become something more like Dormammu? Does he end up becoming like a slightly more offensive character and you take away some of his control? I want him to still be really good and really impactful on the meta. And so I don't want him to get adjusted too much, but right now I do think he is a problem. I think his changing his power economy is something that, that might be enough to bring him back in line. Uh, Even with the extra powers from the gems, even if those stay free uh, one power return, Thanos does not do anywhere near as much work early as as his current iteration, man, it's still crazy. Like just whenever I'm watching a game of black order and then just Thanos just randomly one shots a character. <laughs> and now he's got like five or six bonus power. It's mm-hmm. just like, he spends that power so well yeah. that it's, it's just kind of crazy. Uh, he's a, and, he's a big brain character. He's a blast to play. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that it's, it obviously doesn't feel as bad as like the enchantress moving everyone around, but like whenever he, it, it's like the dice know that Thanos is busted. So most of the time his attack <laughs> rolls are shit, but every once in a while the dice rolls spike. And then you're like, Oh my God, Thanos is so busted. <laughs> Let the big man have his way. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's move on. Let's move on from Thanos. Let's talk about a different big boy. Juggernaut. Very Ooh. popular right now. Up or down? What do you think? So hot right now. I I like Juggernaut, but I don't have enough table time with Juggernaut, personally. Uh, I, I just got mine painted up. But he he could probably be played more than he is, but I think he's a, in, about in the right spot 
basically always in Brotherhood and seeing a lot of splash play. I, I think that's about right for him. Okay. I'm actually going to say I think he's getting a little overplayed at the moment, which shouldn't be that weird of a thing to say, but I feel like there's still going to be people like, oh, my God, Juggernaut is amazing. <laughs> um, but um, I think whenever there's new hotness, especially like characters that are loved in the yeah. way that Juggernaut is loved, I think and he's a cool in like he's a cool interesting character um but i don't expect to see the amount that we're seeing juggernaut continue and even though he does really cool things and i think he's he's really great for mystique brotherhood is probably his best mm-hmm. spot um i'm not sure he should be seeing as much in the magneto teams as he is seeing right now but that's just that's just yeah. my thought so far i think he's a solid character the the love is the love and hype yeah. is high right now. It is. I, I had a, I've had a couple of players tell me that they 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 play Juggernaut now. Like they're they're Juggernaut players. It doesn't matter what <laughs> affiliations they play. They just play Juggernaut. <laughs> Try new things with him. So I think some there of it's is exploring for sure. Yeah, there's definitely an attraction to the the big boys, the yeah. big the big Always. stompers. Um, and I, I've had some cool game wins. Like I had someone drop herbs into me while I was practicing Brotherhood. Um, and I was trying to yeah. play Mystique, and I started scoring the herb round two because yeah. Juggernaut double moves, picks up the herb for free, then uses his push, and then the next turn he you know moves, uh, and then uh, pushes himself, and then uh, punches uh, Mordo. And gets enough power that he can move himself again. And then yeah. suddenly he's on the herb and they're like, all right, I'm going to scalp you off of it. I was like, no more mutants. And my opponent's like, all right, I quit. <laughs> I'm not a fan of herb scores and herb plays in general, but I think that the ones with Juggernaut and Dormammu are, are the best ones. Yeah. I, I Like I said, it was not part of my plan. Right. They dropped it into me. And so, <laughs> yeah, no, you got to have a plan for those things. And yeah, I, think I was Juggernaut like, all right, is... then uh, we'll, we'll go for it. But yeah, I, I, he's an interesting character. I think he is worth exploring a little more, but I think the, the hype for him is going to die down a little. Yeah. Um, but speaking of characters that I don't think the hype is going to die down for rogue is a beast. <laughs> like she kind of feels like the same way that it feels like playing something like pre nerf Medusa almost where it just seems like her turn never ends. Like when she's rolling, it's just like, well, you can do this attack and then I got this throw and then I'm going to do energy absorption. And then I'm going to Southern hospitality. And then I'm going to throw that character into this character. And you're just kind of like, well, when is, when is she done? She's done like a move action, multiple attack actions, like multiple superpowers. She just goes off sometimes and just has a really cool mix of abilities. Uh, I think she's going to see more play. I think Rogue is Rogue's stock is definitely on the up and up. Uh her her energy absorption is so incredibly useful. It's random. You know, you never really know what you're gonna get out of that thing. You need to, you know, burn two power off of somebody and you'll do, you know, no one damage or no damage. <laughs> they're 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 they've got, you know, empty power and you knock them out. It's it's a very strong ability. It not taking an action means that between that and her terrain throw, like she can almost like single handedly shut off brace for impact and, uh, and still have two attacks left. Uh, she, she's an incredible piece charge, uh, total package love rogue. She needs to get played more. Uh, I think 
There's a lot I mean, of interesting decisions with her order of activations and stuff yeah. too, right? Obviously, because you could energy absorption to try to take the power away so they can't brace and then you throw something. Or like after you've started attacking them, if maybe the dice haven't gone so great, you energy absorption afterwards to just try to like get rid of the power that you gave them and like call mm-hmm. it quits. Yep. Or sometimes you just like energy absorption and see how it goes. And if you spike and get a couple of damage through, then you lay into them and try to finish them off. Or if you roll that perfect amount and you just take away their power, you're like, cool. I just nerfed your turn. Just go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she abuses the uh, not abuses she she bends the rules on the clapback mechanic or at least she has yes. the option to to be able to do that and anytime you can bend those kinds of core mechanics in the game I think that you've got something worth exploring and I, I, her kit and like you said the activation order of uh, how you apply her suite uh, is something that the, the the more practice you have with Rogue the the better her games are going to go for you. Well, and there's so many ways to improve her power generation, right? Like you could just mm-hmm. drop her into, you know, new syndicate with rerolls. You know, you could play yeah. with Magneto. There's so many things you can do to increase her um, power economy. And she spends power so well. Mm-hmm. You know, if she just ends up on a point with a size four and something else, she can just spend six power and kill both of them. <laughs> right? And she's like, I'll just Southern hospitality you for seven yeah. dice. Now you take five damage because I threw Juggernaut into you, and then I'm going to punch Juggernaut again, (laughs) and then I'm going to throw Juggernaut (laughs) into you again if you weren't dead already. And, you know, her ability to just, like, shift a side of a table is huge, and it's it's something your opponent always has to be playing around. So I just think she brings brings a lot of interesting stuff to the table. I've had some really enjoyable games with Rogue playing uh, under uh, Gold gold Storm leadership, uh, which... Playing Goldstorm leadership with X twenty three Honey Badger and Rogue is is a really <laughs> it's an exploration in nonbos, but uh, even the positioning is is still really good for all of those models. Uh, you do like murdering some fools, is what yes. I've heard. So <laughs> I can see why you would enjoy that. Um, okay, uh, what are your thoughts on new Iron Man? New Iron Man just being updated Iron Man from the core set. Yeah, he needs to get played more. He's super good. Uh, he's good in Steve leadership, but he's a fantastic standalone piece. I've had a couple of, one of my local guys has been on him in Guardians pretty much since the rules change. And uh, he, he's packing a Helios laser in, in that kit. But uh, even without the laser, just having that little bit of extra control uh, on a wider list is is a really nice option to have. Well, we've only sort of disagreed on one so far, and that was barely a disagree on Juggernaut. And we're <laughs> eye to eye on Iron Man. I, he is a character that's been impressing me. He's always had solid durability for a three threat. Yeah. And um, now with Friday AI costing less, um, he just is really shining. And there's a lot of characters that just anywhere where he gets a reroll, I think I think he could have a nice fit in new Criminal Syndicate with Shadowlands oh. Daredevil, because if you're trying to push someone yeah. off a point, then you've got a reroll. And uh, I think there's just a lot of interesting spots for him. I haven't been able to fit him into as many lists as I would like, but I think it's he's a character that people should be looking at more. He's, he's one of, again, another one of those three-threat priests that's just really solid, durable, mm-hmm. flight, you know, grants some energy attacks, has some push. Like, he, he can kind of do a mixture of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I just think he's a character that's kind of gotten overlooked in the the hype of all the new cool stuff. Um, and I would say, listeners, take another look at 
horse at Iron Man because he's he's a beast. He's great. Uh, my my concerns with Iron Man are that maybe he's not always uh, a great choice into some of the more popular pieces in the meta. Like I think maybe he's got great game against Voodoo, but a push away on Black Cat is really only something you want to be doing to her when she's uh, on the on the approach on the prowl <laughs> to come and steal your extra. It is optional. You don't have to <laughs> push fair, Black Cat fair. away. <laughs> Sorry, Beast has me scarred. Oh yeah, the <laughs> the, the mandatory leap. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> Um, that's a good point. Okay. So another one, I think you might, I think this one, you might actually disagree with me on. Um, I think rocket is getting overplayed. Oof. Uh, I think there's a lot of people going into guardians. And I think a lot of people should be going into guardians. Mm -hmm. I think there's been too much focus on just playing. Like I'm going to do star Lord rocket Groot and like leaning on that too much (laughs) and not, checking when you shouldn't be doing them um and i think there are just a lot of situations where rocket is still a bit fragile and tying your decision making into like forcing you to play rocket and groot together also you know it controls where your other characters can go and what other team ups and stuff you can create um and so i would just ask people like hey you should be looking at like is rocket the right choice in this particular situation um and i think People are not doing that quite enough, but I'm expecting you to disagree with me on this one. <laughs> yep. This is going to be a hard disagree. I'm going to say okay. you should be playing rocket more. Uh, I don't disagree with your points. Uh, I have found that he has a pretty crummy game into uh, a bullseye, uh, especially if he's either separated from Groot or you're bringing him by himself. That's definitely somewhere that uh, bullseye just kind of makes short work of poor little solo rocket. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I I think the deadly duo is uh, a very one of the the most powerful tactics cards that you can bring to a game right now, and I think that uh, Rocket and Groot together enable that. And I am definitely on uh, team jam Rocket and Groot into your roster. <laughs> I'm also a, a huge proponent of a four model ten point Guardians core of. Uh, Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, and Nebula, and that everything that I do uh, builds on top of that core. Uh, Occasionally, uh, I'll swap pieces out of it, but that's definitely the core that I start with. (laughs) That does not surprise me about you at all. (laughs) It's 10 points. It's real easy math. (laughs) They're like, all right, I just build from there. Got to keep things easy. Um, I do think, and also, I think when people are playing Rocket and Groot, they end up again, leaning really heavily into very specific secures, which we'll, we'll get into that conversation more later. But uh, um, mm. sometimes you got to think about model variety and how it, how it extends you playing a wider range of uh, crisis cards. Yeah. But um, all right. Well, last, I have one more character I wanted to throw out and this one's a w- little bit more of a wild card. Um, been testing some a force, helping my partner learn a force and I have just been surprised at how good Crystal is. Uh-huh. And so Crystal. for a random one, I don't know exactly where I'm going to fit her in. Maybe I'm going to just try her in Web Warriors a little or something. I'm just, she's just surprising me. Every time she's on the table, I'm really impressed with her overall kit. She's got so many different cool attacks. Like you almost always have something for the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but anytime you just have like, 
a four dice wild push with a reroll, and she's got three 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 with reroll. She's a long mover that flies. Like it's just a nice package. She's not a broken three by any means, but I, mm-hmm. I just think she's one that's worth exploring. And she's she's in a very very small amount of rosters, <laughs> like very small. <laughs> Yeah, um, she's a great toolbox. I have I have really never been disappointed uh, with Crystal in anything except for maybe her durability from time to time, where yeah. she, she you, you can't put her in a spot where she's going to get erased. Yeah, I do find disappear. that there's definitely some times when when a when a real threat comes her way, she just usually folds. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've I've liked her. I think the, the, the some of the invul all the invul threes are spoiling us a little bit, but oh, definitely. <laughs> but I mean, her being able to push out three attacks from uh, a three threat model is is a pretty crazy capacity for a model to have. And uh, then when you factor into that all the, the different types of attacks that she's putting out and uh, the status effects that uh, that they dish out as a wild effects and the reroll she's good i like i like crystal a lot that is a that is a spicy pick there though yeah i gotta throw it throw in some weird stuff she's just been a character that threw out tests recently uh i've just been surprised because she was a character i had like no hype for mm-hmm. and it was just like oh here's a flyer to drop off uh she hulk yeah but then that made that really me try her out and i think this happens with a lot of characters where you don't realize just how good they are until mm-hmm. they're your random affiliated pick for some reason like this was happening mm-hmm. with quicksilver i wasn't that excited about quicksilver but sometimes you just play him because he's the right affiliated choice mm-hmm. and then you're like wow this guy is actually really impressing me and the more i play him the more i'm coming up with interesting plays for him maybe i should be considering this character more often um, then I was like, well, he's also affiliated in Avengers. Let me try him there. And then he's like doing great work in Sam Avengers too. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. should I be thinking about Quicksilver more? <laughs> um, and so I think it's the same thing. You know, sometimes there's characters that just are better on the table than they seem on paper. And Crystal's been one of those for me. I think so. Just Have you played her card at all? Uh, um, I've been Fusion? trying to. It was one that we were putting in. Um, I liked the card, and so I was putting it in my partner's rosters, but we just never – it still never had the right situation to play it. I found that the best mileage I got out of that card was with uh, ways to do, like, auto damage and, and ping damage. Yeah. So, like, maybe yeah, like a – Bullseye some, is real good with that card. Yeah, Gambit. Uh, Gambit and Domino and the, the explosive triggers is another one that can be fun. You can just dish out a whole lot of statuses real quick. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, my girlfriend's uh, She-Hulk just kept wrecking whatever side of the table that she's on. So, And Crystal's usually with her. So the card just okay, hasn't yeah. really had a good moment. Ah, fair enough. Um, all right. Was there any other characters that you wanted to get into the discussion? Uh, well, I think that uh, Mystique has some... Uh, Mystique as both a leader and as an individual model, I, I don't think it's getting quite enough play right now. Uh, now she's not in my roster for the league, but she she was a, a last minute cut. She was one of the last models that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in this direction instead. She is a what do they call them? Finesse piece, in my opinion. She is not particularly durable. She has her her big one trick with deception, so she comes with a, a tactics card, quote unquote tactics tax, on yep. top of uh, wanting to put her in the roster. But uh, deception is a very powerful card. Uh, early and late, depending on the situation, you can read the board and you can really change the course of the game uh, with a well-played deception. And uh, then she's a great power battery as the game goes on as well. And uh, martial artist is never to be scoffed at. 
as a counting blanks is, is fantastic. No, I like Mystique. I think you're absolutely right. I think Mystique may actually be the better leader for Brotherhood. Whew. That may be a spicy take, but uh, <laughs> um, from a pure competitive play standpoint right now, um, that's the direction I'm leaning. Uh, I also think she provides some interesting voodoo tech because when she starts shooting voodoo, voodoo can't summon back the token. Right. And so there there can be a spot where she can get that KO on voodoo when they're not expecting it because two mm-hmm. physical dice versus her, you know, gajillion attacks doesn't yeah. go well for people. Yep. Uh, uh, the, 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 the cheeky, do you know who I am on Mystique's turn? So if yep. you're running Juggernaut Mystique, being able to, to throw that big old size four whatever range long with no reaction. I've also seen the people doing like the Siege of Darkness and Wakanda mm-hmm. Forever's during mm-hmm. her turn. Um, there's there's cool, there's definitely some really cool shenanigans there. Um, and she's just a long mover with stealth. Yeah. And as we are seeing a rise in the uh, the Web Warriors um, coming into play, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. You can't lifesaver from Mystique's attacks either. Nope. Um, <laughs> um, Take that. Um, but yeah, I just think she she she's one of those characters that can be just like a tool for almost any situation. And sometimes she'll just randomly live through Corvus attacks because of martial artist. Yeah, it it, it happens. You can't count on it. <laughs> yeah. But the more characters you have that get awkward for Corvus to take down, the better your mm-hmm. Black Order matchup gets, right? If yeah. he's got to chew through Domino and Mystique and uh, Iron Fist, and, like, mm-hmm. the more of these characters that, like, either count blanks or just have, like, that little extra defensive tech where he's trying to take out a three, but also knowing he might not get the three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just over the course of a game, he's going to stutter, a couple of times and they, yeah. they all matter. Um, that could be X 23 with exceptional healing. Just the more of these situations you put Corvus in and get, like give him opportunities to stutter and give you a chance to like clean up the board. Amen. Uh, X 23 is actually on my list of characters that I think is uh, being under noticed right now. I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, is she under noticed? I mean, I feel like people are talking about her all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, not in the lists. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, maybe you're right. Uh, she's one that I've been having trouble fitting into X-Men because I've been really enjoying Gambit. And I'm just not sure I can mm-hmm. do both of them. I'm just okay. not sure there's space, but uh, she is she is very good. I've been heavily considering switching it around and going back to X-23 instead of Gambit. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I see her and uh, Honey Badger as a lot like I see Rocket and Groot, though. I, I'm, I'm viewing them more as a five-threat character than as uh, individual pieces. Makes sense. Well, even for me, who plays a little bit more of a control game, I'm still considering going back to X-23 just because often with X-Men, I need a character that's going to go grab an extract or something. And Gamut's mm-hmm. been fine for that because of uh, his uh, parting shot ability. It's mm-hmm. called like enhanced agility, but it's just parting shot. Yeah. Um, but then he's often sitting on like two damage for a majority of the game. <laughs> and it would be nice if, cause with X 23 with the reroll, there's still a reasonable chance that she survives two attacks from a four threat. Right. Um, especially when you factor in cover and all of that combined, and then she can start healing it up. And so, Sometimes I, I have an early activation where I like just kind of want to run someone away. And when someone's got like two damage on them, I don't like, ah, it's not a good time for med pack or something like that. Um, and so even as a control player, I'm still kind of considering moving her back in 
Um, and she also mm-hmm. does have that punch when, you know, that mid activation where sometimes you're like, how do I close out this game? Right. And this is something right. that I don't think it's talked about enough, but uh, sometimes you're just in a game. And I think Domino and X 23 are these great. Um, they're not, I mean, I guess they are just pure offensive pieces, but they, mm-hmm. they have a little, they have a strangely larger durability than you'd expect from a three. And then just mid act like mid round four or something. Suddenly you're like, well, if I just daze that character, then you're screwed in this area. Yeah. And Domino and X-23 can both do that. Um, and so it just creates a lot of different threats for your opponent to think about. Um, and I like having that option available. So I'm with hey, you on X-23. All right. And uh, the last one I got for, for my list of characters that I think are being maybe underserved in the meta is Loki. I still think that Loki's got a huge spot. Mm, that's a good call. He was not on my list, but I think that's an absolutely fair assessment. He's a really strong character. I have actually, I think maybe it's because I'm seeing him more than I've ever seen him. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. maybe that's still not enough. <laughs> I think that he's got such a great game into spiders uh, with his range four bubble. He, he can yep. do things to, to open the game up that the spiders are used to being able to respond to, and they can't respond to Loki without uh, really committing to it. Yeah. Um, on the subject of spiders, I'm kind of surprised that we don't see Miles out of affiliation more often. I agree with that. He he is he is a quality character that that brings a lot to the table, and his durability is nothing to be scoffed at. Like the leadership, you know, stacking rerolls is great, but like even just without his leadership in play, he still got that yeah. that double reroll. You know, three, 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 double reroll. He's got a way to make people drop extracts. He's got mm-hmm. a way for extra movement in the web swing. Mm-hmm. He can throw people off points. There's, there's a lot. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say though that like my my miles like always rolls a wild, and I, I can't say that against very many of my characters. <laughs> I'm so shit at rolling wilds. <laughs> Well, no wonder you think that Miles should be in more yeah. rosters. If you roll that wild, like it's kind of like with, with Thanos or, or even uh, less so now with Corvus's impossible flurry, but with his old wild only flurry, like those wilds would, would make or break games. It's also not that uncommon for him to just drop a character. Yeah. Like especially opposing three threats, it just sometimes he will just like, oh, you just, I got four damage through and I'm throwing you into the building behind you. I'm like, take a daze, because I'm Miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's unique to, to Web Warriors, but uh, with him as, uh, maybe not with him as the leader, but with him as a Web Warrior, but I can't count the games that I've gotten him down to, you know, what his last health and couldn't finish the job, and then he turns around with an all-webbed upturn and either, you know, gets off a quality days that sets me behind and or just gets away with everything I was holding. It's a, it's a real, real frustrating turn of events for that guy. He's, he's a great character. Yeah. Just one that, uh, uh, one that I'm, I'm surprised is, is not squeaking into a few more rosters. Uh, finger guns. Let's talk about some affiliations. So, um, I'm going to start off a little spicy. I think Convocation should be played more. Um, I think we've got a lot of people that are just hyped to play Super Strange, and there's a lot of Super Strange teams. There's the Penta... Uh, uh, what's 
Pentagon. Now I'm trying to remember the guy's name all of a sudden, and it's escaping. Uh, I, I believe uh, his matrix name is is Pentagon. Pentagon. So okay, that rings a bell for, uh, for me. Perfect. Um, and I think that's a good team build. But I also think there's some teams that could splash some of the characters. Oh man, I totally skipped over probably my favorite characters. <laughs> Oh, no. My biggest pitch characters, and we moved over. So we'll just kind of talk about it now. There's some Mystic Attack characters that I think you could splash in. And so I think there's some possibility of doing like maybe Mordo, Voodoo, and maybe even Bucky. Keep the core of your convocation team kind of hmm. on a lighter side and then bring in some really key characters. And so I'm going to give a shout out to Scarlet Witch and Ebony Maw. I think oh. they're underplayed right now. Um, and should probably be seeing more play. I haven't, like, this is something I've been thinking about a lot and been trying to find the right spots for them. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think, obviously, having access to Shush or No More Mutants to stop a possession is really yeah. huge and not not being utilized enough. Um, Maw's a really solid character now, and I think Convocation could be a spot for them where they synergize really well with the leaderships um, and even some of the tactics cards. Um uh, but yeah, so kind of a mixture. I'm saying Convocation more, and I totally forgot to give a shout-out to Ebony Maw and Scarlet Witch, and I think they should be played more. So feel free to share your thoughts on both of those, or all three of those points. All right, so I will more or less agree with you on Convocation. Uh, I think the Convocations are really fun and interesting affiliation to play. I think there's a ton of ground to explore there. Uh, you know, the, we've just scratched, scratched the surface of yes. what convocation can do and what their, you know, preferred lines of play are. Uh, I think that they have a really hard matchup into brotherhood. And I think that they have a really hard matchup on uh, mutant madman, uh, the, the traps be flip secure. Yeah. I think that uh, the existence or prevalence of those things in a meta make bringing convocation uncomfortable for me i, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't really maybe that's why you steps. play ebony maw because he's got a you know uh he's got a uh brace for impact on a stick um, yeah yeah i mean uh yeah i do think they'd have to be dual affiliated i think that's something you would absolutely have to have a have a have a combo in there um they're not not a solo affiliation in my mind no, I'd like to do some exploring of convocation with with some other power pieces. Like, uh, like, where can we fit in uh, an eight point Thanos into convocation? Where can we fit in a, a Hulk? Uh, I think Pentagon has a juggernaut in his roster idea, and that's uh, there's a lot of great synergy with juggernaut and uh, Ironbound books. So, I think that they're they're pretty stacked. They're an interesting affiliation. So far as Ebony Maw and Scarlet Witch, I. I think Ebony Ma should definitely be played uh, more places. I, I think that he's gotten a lot better. Uh, his that 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 upfront tax ability uh, when when it was first spoiled and even before the spoiler, it was on my wish list for things that I hoped he would get. I was like, oh man, just make it like Enchantress's tax. You know, that, that'd be so great. And then like after playing Enchantress and Mysterio and a little bit of you know post-change Ma, it's like, wow, that ability loses so much value after about turn three that and against Juggernaut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh I think that he's got more he should be played more. He's got some his kit is really neat. That brace for impact on a stick is great. Being able to you know, size four long terrain throw. Like that's, it's not unique to the gate to him, but uh, that's 
you know, he's like the only character who can do it round one. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's just online. Let's do this. And uh, Scarlet Witch. I think that Scarlet Witch is uh, an incredible piece. Her fragility always gets to me. Uh, I'm always a, a little shocked at how, how inconsistent she is on defense. You'd think that with that extra face on the die, she'd be a little more survivable, but the health pool is still pretty low. Uh, I think that in both of their cases, I agree with you that access to that ability counter is almost what you're bringing them for at this point in, into this meta. Being able to shut down uh, the Thanos portal, being able to shut down uh, Voodoo Possession or Black Cat Steel. Like, that's that's huge. That yeah, can be game changing. All huge deals. I agree. I think Scarlet Witch, if she's going to find a home, it probably needs to be. It needs to be showing up somewhere that someone who accents her durability slightly, maybe it's Wakanda, maybe it's Convocation, maybe it's just, you know, Sam Avengers and then like the healing and movement, you know, just something a little extra is probably what she needs. So it needs to be the right Mm -hmm. place. She's not like a voodoo that should go everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's probably some good spots for her. And this is something that I'm trying to like tell myself too, because I'm super addicted to OG Doctor Strange. Um, and so it's hard to like fit in Ma or Scarlet when I love Dr. Strange so much, but I've been trying to experiment with them a bit. The, uh, the masochistic part of me really wants to play some, some defenders right now. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a great character list. They really do. They just have nothing else. So, and yeah. every time I sit down to build a defenders roster, I get to a point where I'm like, well, why don't I just do this kind of funky sons list instead? Or why, why am I not just playing complication or, uh, well, this could pivot into Avengers. Why, why am I not doing that? It is a cool leadership. I actually, yeah. I actually actively dislike that that leadership even exists. I, it's, it's a really interesting leadership. I don't want to say that it's not good enough. Uh, I feel like uh, if that leadership was a perfect knowledge leadership, it would be it would be bonkers good. But you can't really do that the way that the the timing chart works. Yeah, yeah it's just one where it's just there are certain matchups where like where you you end up with like the wrong Avengers team can just mm. feel awful into <laughs> defenders where you're just like so many of the characters have skewed. Um, you know, there's just so many characters that skew one way or the other, and it just it really can feel awful. It, but it's not again. It's not that I'm saying it's overpowered. It's just one of those things that I would just kind of rather it just not exist. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's it's really weird when you're just like, hey, Captain America. I know this is your whole shtick, but my affiliation <laughs> just doesn't care about your shtick, and so suck it. Yep. <laughs> um, and it, it just it's I think it. I think it feels weird, but whatever. I agree with you, though. I think I keep coming back to the Defenders team. I'm like, man, they've got affiliated Iron Fist, affiliated Doctor Strange, affiliated Valkyrie, affiliated yeah. Scarlet Witch. Like, there's yeah. just so many good characters <laughs> on that roster. If only that affiliation got you something more than the leadership. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's still, like, there's definitely times where we're just, like, handing out Hex... You know, right. oh, uh, I, Wanda, Wanda and Strange is such a fun pairing. Uh, I mean, back in the old portal days, for who finger guns? <laughs> fun for, for who? The guy rolling the attack dice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna drown this model in statuses. Oh, and accidentally KO them. All right, never mind. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't bother feign deathing them. They have like seven status effects. <laughs> 
All right. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Let's Midnight Suns, uh, a con- like pseudo convocation team, um, getting a lot of play, not getting a lot of wins, or at least they're, they ha- they don't have any undefeateds. What are your yeah. thoughts on how much uh, Midnight Suns are getting played? They should probably be played a little bit less. I think that uh, the 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 leadership really is really good, and their character list is also uh, quality. I just think that they have to roll dice to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> That's... They have a great leadership. I'm right there with you that it's one of my favorite leaderships to play, but I don't think they have a versatile enough game plan, um, yeah. and I think it's getting getting people into troubles. Um, and so I, I agree with you. I think Midnight Suns are getting a little little more play than they probably deserve, and they're, they don't have a, a quite strong enough game plan for the full meta. Um, so it's one of those weird ones where you kind of have to dual affiliate, but it's kind of hard to figure out what that dual affiliation looks like exactly. <laughs> Black Order. Um, <laughs> dude, there was someone at LVO doing, uh, um, doing Black Order and... Uh, Midnight Suns, and they were just rolling over people. <laughs> I I think it's legit. Uh, Gronko is playing in the TTS league, doing the same thing. So that it's it's when I first saw the list, I was like, man, that's uh, that seems like you're just stacking up on stuff. But the more I yeah. thought about it, it's it's two very different types of uh, attrition and control in the same roster. So I think that once you know when to leverage which one of those hammers, like sometimes you need a sledgehammer and sometimes you need a ball ping. And I think that having access to both is actually, it, it's better than I initially gave it credit for. And I think that as a dual affiliation, Midnight Suns and Black Order should be played more uh, compared to Midnight Suns overall. For I agree with that. I think, I think Midnight Suns also does really well in the 14. Like if you try to trap them on sword and right. they do like blade voodoo, Iron Fist, Moon Knight or something, they'll just kill so many of your characters that that game is just going to end. They're close quarters. They are a murdery team uh, and, and they've got some really good pieces and Voodoo is a, is a monster on sword. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Um, Brotherhood. Uh, I think I'm going to say like, they've got a pretty strong win record right now. Yeah. Um, I'm worried that they're getting a little overplayed for their role in the meta. And I'm worried as we, I, I, I don't think I'd be willing to go so far as to say, I'm not sure there will be a brotherhood character that comes out in the six and O. Um, and I'm worried that when we get to like the top eight, say of top cut of TTS, that there's probably not going to be any brotherhood in there. Now, mind you, Morgan just switched his team to, uh, to be both <laughs> brotherhood and, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, so that may totally screw my prediction, but I think I think Brotherhood is a really strong, interesting, potentially the most well-designed affiliation. Um, I'm worried that when when the matchups are all just 100%, some of the best people playing some of the best affiliations, I'm worried that Brotherhood's going to struggle a bit at that point, and not not continue with this trend that they have right now of how many three and O's they have. I think that uh, Morgan's experience with Brotherhood gives him a great advantage in that. I, I, I love his his second half roster for what that's worth. Uh, 
Yeah, it's a cool roster. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Brilliant. Brilliant moves. Uh, I think that the exploration of Mystique's leadership, the addition of Juggernaut, and uh, Rogue and Gambit, if you're going, you know, all the way yeah. into, you know, this kind of pure Brotherhood roster, like all of those pieces bring a lot to the table for Brotherhood. I think that Frederick uh, plays out in Europe. He's going to be another uh, Brotherhood character, Brotherhood roster that I expect to see go uh, pretty far in the cut. So I think that there's a couple challenges, at least two or three challenges to uh, your uh, top yes. eight, top four. That's one that might be a touch spicy. We'll see. I I also wouldn't be surprised if some people switch away from Brotherhood over some struggles with them when they go to hit top cut, like maybe they qualify and they're like five yeah, and one, absolutely. and then they may not be concerned that they can go all the way with brotherhood. Um, but they're, they're such a well-designed affiliation that I can mm-hmm. see why so many people are playing them. Um, but I would say in, and I, I, I realistically try every time there's kind of something new or a new affiliation. Uh, once I got my brother, once I got rogue painted and juggernaut painted, I tried to give them a real run and I, Outside of like the pretty normal Magneto shenanigans, I didn't feel like they were doing something truly great. It felt good, mm-hmm. but not great. And I I tried some Mystique stuff and I kind of was like feeling like there's a puzzle here that I didn't notice. Like you're you're like an archaeologist, you've dunked through and you started to find the fossils, but I'm like I didn't quite have the energy to go all in and see like how crazy is this discovery. Um but there there may still be some real hidden potential in there. Um, that kind of like started catching my attention um, of like what might be what might be super cool. So, but we'll see. Um, I think Morgan is playing a Mystique. Like he slotted in Mystique into that roster. Yeah, I'm not it's, Mystique, it, it's Mystique, Toad, and Juggernaut. Uh, if I remember right, that's his that's his Brotherhood like core. I like flex. it. I'm, I'll be really interested <laughs> to see where all yeah. he goes with that. Um, okay. Well, uh, we did Brotherhood. Let's talk X Men. All right. What are your What are your thoughts on uh, X Men, more or less? I think that X Men should be played more, and not just because I hear the theme song to a '90s television show that takes me right down nostalgia lane every time I see the X Men <laughs> at the table. <laughs> I think that they've got a lot of game. I think that they, one of the elements of what X-Men bring to the table is one of my favorite aspects of uh, rosters that I like to play. And it's when you play a slightly different game than the rest of the field. And I think X-Men have that going for them. Uh, I think this will be no surprise to the listeners. I think that, I think X-Men are finally in their, in their sweet spot. Um, we're honestly, if they get much of anything else past this, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Like X-Men are going to explode. Um, right now I'm really enjoying X-Men. I really think people should be exploring them more. I'm surprised at how much I could do. My only stress right now is trying to go, can I have all of the pieces that I want for my X-Men game plan, but then also have game plan to deal with everybody else's game plans? Yeah. If that makes sense. And that's where it's like the roster is still, I'm not at a point where I just like, Oh, this is like a really, really solid X-Men roster. I keep like building and tweaking and going, okay, I'm finding little gaps and I'd like to have another four threat here or something. And, um, uh, but it's a, it's a puzzle to unravel. And, uh, I will say I've been legitimately feeling like I have a strong game every time I'm playing X-Men. 
for me with the X-Men, I don't know if it's just the, the fanboy in my soul or playing them when they were kind of universally <laughs> disregarded as, uh, you know, being able to be played at a high level of play or, you know, however you want to phrase that. <laughs> Back when everybody said they stunk, uh, I tend to, to go very thematic in my X-Men builds. And even now, I'm I'm still like 100% X-Men. Uh, I I've, I've thought about forcing my locals to play Battle Realm just so I could have more <laughs> X-Men on my roster. <laughs> and honestly, I, um, I've i been experimenting with Gene. My current roster, I actually put Cyclops back in um, because I actually needed a, an additional four threat. And uh-huh. I've been enjoying First Class so much yeah. that I, I kind of like... I've been often playing four out of five characters being X-Men. And that's not because I'm trying to play X-Men for fluffy reasons. That's because I legitimately like the first class interaction mm-hmm. with them. Um, and using the leadership, it's really easy to send one of your X-Men or just someone to your opponent's side of the board. Like I interact with my opponent's spider portal almost every single round one at this point. Nice. Like one of the things I'll do is I'll often have Dr. Strange in there. Well, I'll do something like, um, you know, it'd be like storm domino rogue. And then I'll do Dr. Strange. And then I have a fifth character depending on the threat level. And what I'll often do is I'll have domino move up, interact with the portal right in front of my deployment. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Strange is right there and she will hang out there on that point. So she gets teleported away then she'll just walk right back into the same spot. Mm-hmm. And she's right there within range two of Dr. Strange. So then Dr. Strange hops in front of her with the leadership, then double moves and interacts with four <laughs> energy defense on my opponent's spider portal is usually one of my last activations. And so if they ever try to like move away from it and they don't leave a character there, or sometimes even if they leave one character there. Yeah. It's like, like 60, it's, it's high sixties percent to, to make that claim. Four dice. Yeah. The, even two dice, ones. two yeah. successes on four dice is pretty reasonable and i'm doing it every game so like sometimes it works (laughs) the last time um the way that the math was working out as i couldn't run dr strange or no i was trying out ebony maw is what it was and so i decided to do it with black panther instead um but they held back ghost rider who was right in the middle of the board i'm like Mm. i like black panther but i'm not willing to walk him into range three of ghost rider (laughs) No. That's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's silver platter stuff right there. Yeah. Um but you still it's something that I'm threatening every every game. And so I like to have lots of different characters that can interact. Um and so that's where I, I am usually it's pretty common that I'll play um that I will play for X-Men. That happens probably more than half of my games. Same. Um, <laughs> That's because they're all (laughs) X-Men. Yeah. You're like, well, for me, they're all X-Men. Okay. Um, Well, we're definitely, we're over the hour mark. Let's do two more affiliations before we go to the bonus episode. Which which affiliation do you want to do next? I'll let you pick. Oh, affiliations. I mean, what about Cabal? I don't think sure, that... it's on my list. I already have stuff prepared for what I'd say about Cabal. So all right, great. So I mean, let, let, let's dig in there because that was one. That was the first one that came to mind when, okay. when you first mentioned this topic to me, and I was just like, man, I know that the last time we talked, I was like, well, I don't think Cabal can hack it. 
<laughs> since this is radio, right? Like, let's go ahead and 180 on that. And uh, it's not so much that I think that they they can hack it. I, I just think that some of what Cabal suffers with is, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, new player being so accessible, right? So like Cabal's yeah. in the core set. You've got one of your two leaders right there uh, as soon as you buy into the game. Uh, the, the sin leadership is incredibly dicey, which means that you're going to have games that you just, you know, walk all over your opponent because every single, they can't hold on to any of their extracts and they can't stand on any secures. So you're just, you know, staggering them and dropping their extracts for you to pick up, you know, round after round after round. Yeah. But I think that Red Skull uh, is kind of in the same spot that, that Steve Rogers was in before the changes. He's maybe not the the strongest four, but he's got a lot of game. Um, I think that he's going to get really interesting uh, once we get some the grunts. I think that's going to make that a lot more interesting when you can just pass off an attack onto Red Skull onto a grunt that you're going <laughs> to <laughs> let die to something else <laughs> at some point. Anyway, like, just kill this ninja. Screw that ninja. <laughs> But uh, his his power economy, and they've got access to to like an entire suite of you know bend bow and break characters between Sinister and Enchantress and Modok, where you just have these characters, these affiliated characters that are gonna potentially score you points and have these big beams where they can just line people up and and go to town. I don't know. I think that I think that Cabal's getting underplayed. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of room to explore there. And I also think that it's a great place for a Thanos to come in. Uh, <laughs> Red Skull, given uh, Thanos a whole additional activation, uh, can really do some pretty crazy things to the board state. I 100% agree with you. Cabal was one of my picks for should get played more often, has a lot of game, has a deep roster, all of the things that you said. Um, I think Red Skull's a better four threat than we've given him credit for. He's got a size three push on his strike. Mm-hmm. He can throw any size character with his spender. Um, he's still solid. I'm not a big fan of his leadership. I think his leadership is relatively middle of the road or borderline below average. Um, the problem is he, a vast majority of the characters in the game, he doesn't help because when they spike, they yeah. just they don't or when they spike low, they don't do anything. Or you then you've got a whole mix of characters that when they do spike, like they don't spend their power well enough. So you really have to kind of like pick and choose the right characters. Um, and so you kind of need characters that are already reliably going to get a damage through, but right. then can also make use. And when you're building that team, I do think that there are really good, strong potential teams out there. So like one of Domino's problems can be that she just um, sometimes if she's rolling too many skulls, she's not gener- <laughs> generating enough power. Right. Um, and so she's one that can explode in. Um, oh, rapid fire is insane with, yeah. w- with his leadership. I feel like uh, the red skull leadership is like win more the, the leadership. Cause if you need one power to, to pull off that, that last little bit of what you need to do, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah, you're still not going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> like you just you don't get do it. that damage, right? It, it means that when you when you got that one power that you needed, you got an extra one too. So uh, you already got what you needed from from something else. But that doesn't mean that being flush with power isn't uh, a real fun way to play the game. So 
Yeah, I think you can use Cosmic Invigoration in a control fashion where it's like actually gets better when you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, I'll just activate this character at the end of the round to like do more pushes and it gives me another activation. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it easier for me to go last and yeah. move all your characters off points or whatever. Um, they've also got a good mix of characters they can pay. They could play on the pay to flips. Yeah. Like they may not play a full pay to flip plan, but they'll do like a mixed aggression with it and they'll generally generate the power pretty easily to do what they want. I agree. So, yeah, I like that one. Um, okay. Do you want to pick the last one? No, I mean, that was, that was, that was all I had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Let's see. I'm trying to decide. Like, do I want to? We just did a positive. Do I want to like do a negative and end it on a negative note? <laughs> um, sure. Why not? I uh, I'm gonna say I think spider foes are being overplayed. Um, I was pretty excited about them when okay. the goblin changes hit, and I put them on a the table a bunch, and I was basically bouncing back and forth between them and guardians both being this team that can like run lots of different characters that just has a kind of a, a solid leadership that can help a ton of different characters. Um, and I really like well-laid plans, mm-hmm. but overall, I think there's still something missing from them. And where I've had some really good games, it still feels like a lot of that is coming from my unaffiliated characters to a larger degree than what you'd normally expect. Um, and so it's like, oh, yeah, of course, Voodoo does great things, but he does great things everywhere. So, like, yeah, him, like, being able to get rid of, like, one of your opponent's defense dice is nice. Um, yeah, it's not it, – it just hasn't been something that uh, that has really ended up striking home. I feel like they still need – I think it's a tactics card. I think they need one other, like, solid affiliated tactics card to really, like, push them um, – but otherwise, I'm finding them kind of middle of the road. And so, unfortunately, even though they have really cool characters, I'm going to say Spider-Foes, they're not going to quite cut it on the competitive scene yet. I feel like I'm not afraid of Spider-Foes now, but I'm going to be afraid of Spider-Foes players in <laughs> six months to a year that are still playing Spider-Foes. <laughs> I, I think see that, where it goes. Uh, dedicated players uh, yeah. playing a list that has that many kind of unique approaches to the game. I think that the, the spider foes have things that nobody else has. Uh, the trouble is that one of those things is a prevalence for four dice builders. And uh, <laughs> then on top of that, like sinister traps is, is an amazing card. And so is uh well laid plans. But I mean, both of those can be very dice dependent. You can get nothing out of those. And that that's a lot to spend a tactics card on. I think if you want to play spider foes, I think where they might end up shining is uh, Green Goblins and Criminal Syndicate. And so just splashing Doc Ock means you could play well-laid plans and Shadowlands Daredevil teams. Ah, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and now you have the potential for multiple offensive rerolls per round, which helps like Doc Ock get wilds. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I think there might be a team in there. So if you're really excited about like the new Doc Ock sculpt, I think that'd be a really interesting place to experiment. I will try it once Shadowland Devil releases in the U.S., but at this point, that could be May. <laughs> Not gonna. I, I, I no longer hold my breath for releases. I just well, no, I, they have specifically the <laughs> the atomic or not atomic the uh, Asmodee releases for April have been stated, and there is no MCP on it. Mm. So unless they add it late, Got it. which they do occasionally, right? Um, but right now. 
stores can pre-order what they want for April from the April releases. And there is no MCP on that for the United States. Well, shucks. Um, so maybe, maybe that'll change. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to definitely try some Shadowlands Daredevil when he hits. You know, I feel like I'm a way bigger fan of the ninjas, but I'm <laughs> a way bigger fan of <laughs> the shield affiliation than I am of uh, Shadowlands Daredevil. I want to, I want to try some, some shield grunts. Yeah. I am not excited about the shield grunts, but <laughs> dude, if they leave things as is for a while, there's going to be some crazy shield shenanigans. Yeah. There I is. just don't, I don't even want to think about it yet until we know, like, is this stuff truly happening the way that it looks like it's happening? <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to see. Fun times. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a good spot to wrap up the primary episode. Um, Finger Guns, do you want to shout out any content or anything? Um, you doing any streams, anything that you can tell the listeners about? Oh, uh, no, not really. Uh, one of my games actually got streamed the other day by Chewy, so that was fun. Uh, I got to nice. play, uh, the whole world can watch me play a game on sword. <laughs> go watch, <laughs> go watch a game on the most unfun scenario, uh, that I chose to bring. But, uh, no, other than that, uh, it's a busy time for me at work, so my content creation is uh, at a minimum right now. Thanks for having me on. Now this is a uh, this is about the extent of what I'm able to do. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad it at least worked out where we were able to drag you on. So, uh, get oh, a little thanks. little bit of that uh, finger guns um, shenanigans out there for the world. Pew pew <laughs> pew, 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 pew pew. All right. Well, uh, listeners, we're going we're gonna to dive in a little bit more of the bonus episode. That's going to be, we're going to talk a little bit about tactics cards and a little bit about crisis cards, um, ups and downs for the, for the meta in the bonus episode. So if you're supporting me on Patreon, it's about a buck an episode. So maybe like $4 a month, sometimes less, sometimes $5, but not a lot. But when you can, it is appreciated. So going to wrap things up and I will say the most OP thing that you can do is play more Domino. Affiliated, unaffiliated, X-Men, Avengers. It's all good. We just love Domino. Because luck is a superpower. <laughs>